0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience,
1: the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity, and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson.
0: And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have an awesome and special guest, Mr. Matthew Rhoda. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Appreciate being here. It's awesome to meet you.
1: You too. Thank you for coming on. So do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Matt's
2: fine. If I do something wrong or you need to reprimand me, I'm usually used to hearing Matthew at that point. So hopefully we can stick to Matt.
1: (laughs) We'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Oh, dude,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) So Matt, let's talk about, uh, because of the nature of our podcast, I'd really like to delve into your earlier uh, teenage years and then, you know, sort of fast forward to where you are today and what you're doing today.
2: Absolutely. I'd love to. So yeah, I I grew up and I was very much into sports. Um, I was a team captain, um, traveling teams, all that good stuff. And that was my identity through grade school. And then going into high school, that was still a a big, big part of my identity. Um, and then pretty much sophomore year, I started dabbling with weed, smoking weed with a couple of friends. Um, I enjoyed it probably way too much. And that kind of became my new identity was hanging out with them and kind of doing that whole scene. Basketball was still a priority for me, but it was way on the back burner. So I went from starting point guards, you know, grade school into high school to riding the bench, not getting any playing time. And I just started caring less and less about that because it was like, I'm having fun on the weekends with my friends, and I'm not getting any like playing time, so screw that. So I just kind of went down that path much, much more. So it went from, you know, smoking marijuana to LSD and mushrooms during school, um, cocaine, and like pretty much everything you could not everything, but almost anything you could imagine in high school. Um, um, got real into quick, trouble, got where around. where did you yeah. grow
1: up at? Where what, what, what town was this? Is this where Lancaster, you live now?
2: Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah, born and raised here. I've been here my entire life except five years. I moved out to San Diego after college um, just to break away and experience the world. So, (laughs) but yeah, high school was definitely a darker time for me. Um, I enjoyed it, obviously, because I was doing it, but it was just like, and I, I've always said I've I've had a self-awareness to me, which I'm extremely grateful for because I was in that life, but I knew it wasn't what I should be doing and it wasn't the best life for me to choose but I wasn't strong enough to break free from it. So I just went through the motions and enjoyed it and was, you know, my parents caught me multiple times and I was grounded, had my car taken away, all those things. So they were doing everything they could to keep me on a straight and narrow. It just wasn't working because again, I just didn't have that passion for sports anymore. I was kind of just floating through life. Um, so yeah, that was kind of high school, same thing in college, got arrested again. Um, harder drugs was selling drugs, got kicked out of college. For selling drugs, oh man, got back into college. Yeah,
0: did you have um, to take like time off? Like, did you get kicked out for like a year before you could come back or something? Yeah, like that? so
2: it's a it's a cool story. So I got kicked out. Well, I got caught. I think there was like a week left in school my sophomore year. Uh. Um, so got caught, went like got fingerprinted, did that whole thing went to the dean's office and she was like we obviously can't stay here And i'm like that's fair i was yeah. like can i just finish this year so i can get like the credits that i work so hard for and like at least like get that under my belt she was like yeah but you have to commute back and forth so i was like that's fine for a week i can live like that so i did that and then i got a job painting mobile homes that summer oh nice um, and wait I do like you paint painting, mobile like- homes Yeah. The inside you can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Like (laughs) I would, yeah. Over the wallpaper. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) And I was like, I was such a jerk back then. Like it was off location. So I would like check in and I'd go off location to paint and I knew no one was coming by for like the next three hours. So I would literally go into like one of the bedrooms and have my paint set up and lay on the floor next to the bed and take a nap. Just because like, I knew I could get away with it for an hour. And then I'd set my alarm, wake up knowing that they're going to come and I'd have to have some work done. So I was doing that for like, a month, month and a half. And I enjoyed the work, but I was just, I was kind of looking into my future. And I'm like, if I got kicked out of college and like, this is my future, like, do I really want this to be my future? Like, or do I feel like I'm meant for more? And and I kind of quickly was like, I feel like I'm meant for more. So that day I actually quit and I went home and my mom was like, what are you doing home? You should be working. And I'm like, I quit. She's like, what are you thinking? Like you already got kicked out of school. Like what's next? And I was like, well, I'm just going to email the Dean of students and ask her if I can come back to college. And she was like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like you got caught selling drugs. You got kicked out. Like they're not just going to let you back in. But I wrote this really long email to the Dean of students, uh, poured my heart out, basically said like, I'm going to do something with my life. And like, I can always credit you for giving me that second chance. Nice. You'll give me that second chance. She was like come into the university let's talk so i went in like a couple days later talked to her for like two hours um and lo and behold she was like i believe in you like i'm gonna let you back in so i i took that summer off like all college students do mm-hmm. and i was back in my junior year as if nothing ever happened oh
0: wow. nice okay i love yeah. how in the email you like gave her the opportunity to like be the hero you know Yeah.
2: yeah i mean i yeah People and that's why love I said, that like stuff. I was, yeah. I was, yeah. I was, and I was such a jerk back then too. I, like I'll say it again and again, cause I got in, I got back in, but nothing changed. Like I oh, sold shit. drugs okay. junior year and like partied and, but I didn't get caught. Thank God. And like, I made it through junior and senior year and graduated in four years. Uh, and that's a fun, like running joke in our family. I have two older sisters and a younger brother. And I think like two of them took five years or five and a half years. And one was like four and a half years. And I'm like, well, like you know, I got out in four years and I got kicked out of college. And they're like, You're a dick. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. What can you say? <laughs> Some of us are blessed.
1: That's awesome. We dude. just have to work twice as hard so we get more done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. By that yeah, so by that party time.
2: <laughs> yeah, college was a lot of that. Uh then I, I decided to move out to San Diego after college. My buddy was going to school out there and I just wanted to change a pace, want a poker game. Um, made like 400 bucks, which I never win poker games, made 400 bucks, bought a plane ticket to go out there and visit him, fell in love with San Diego, came back, um, worked like two months, a summer job. I think I had like 1800 bucks in my pocket, packed my car up and told my parents, I was like, I'm going out West. I'm just going to go figure life out.
1: That's a um, heck of a drive from Pennsylvania to yeah, was, uh, San Diego. How long did that take first you? First
2: time was, I did it five different times. I drove it back and forth Dang. four wow. times and then a fifth time for the final time. Wow. the quickest i ever did it was 38 hours 37 or 38 hours wow. i was sleeping one night for like six hours and then just cruising and then usually it was like 44 48 hours so yeah, it was, it was yeah. a journey
1: yeah that's a journey that's a long yeah. trip it's like up here yeah. to down here it's as far yeah. and there's two
2: different routes you can take like the north kind of then dip down or go down and then straight across and yeah the down and straight across was the beautiful one because you got to go through the colorado rockies and like it was just i remember just being like like this country is beautiful. Like I was born and raised in Lancaster, and like didn't really see much of the country. So getting yeah. out there and experiencing that was kind of eye opening for me. That's as well. pretty
1: cool. I would. I. I still. I know it's my daughter's dream to visit every state. I've never gotten around to that, but I think that'd be awesome.
2: Yeah. Yep. So. Yes, yeah, so I remember real quick the the. When I decided to move out to San Diego, I like to tell the story: is my mom sat me down on the end because I was in high school, and then going into college, I was like, "I'm gonna be an attorney. Like, I want to wear the suits, I want to drive the fancy car, mm. I want to be in the courtroom and like demand respect." <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I love that last part. And yeah, yeah, I, right. That's the whole vision I had of like yeah. law and order, and like yeah. you know, you're, you're to hold like, the line. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're the center of attention. Everybody's like on the edge of their seat, waiting for you to object and stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> th- that was my plan. Like you know. For a parent, it's probably like, great, my kid's going to be a lawyer like that. It's a successful human being. And then I decided not to go out there, and I was getting in all this trouble. And she sat me down on the end of her bed, and she was like, don't go. You're going to end up dead or in jail. And I was oh, like, damn. thanks for the vote of confidence. But I always say, like, she had every right to say that because the stuff that I was doing for those eight years, probably, like, the likelihood of one of those two things happening was pretty high because of the example that I had been setting. So yeah, that was kind of unnerving to, like, make that decision and go out there knowing that the expectation from family was like, it's it's got failure written all over it, like Mm -hmm. either big failure in jail or like epic failure and death. Um, but you know, I went out there and did my thing and survived it and enjoyed my time and came back eventually. So, so
0: what did you end up doing for those five years out there in San Diego?
2: Yeah. So I moved out there, got a job pretty much right away at a student loan center. So I was literally at a computer getting stacks of like student loans, Dropped off on my desk, and I was punching in information, processing it, punching it in, processing it. Um, I did that for two years, and then they laid us, they laid like 90% of the workforce off because they were bought out by another company and they just didn't need our, like, the people. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the greatest blessings of my life because they gave us a two month severance, which to me at the time was like, you're giving me $2,000 <laughs> not yeah, to amazing. work. I'm like, yeah. this is glorious. So, I took that money and decided I'm gonna take a month off and like try to figure out what I wanna do. Um, I answered an ad on Craigslist of a guy who was looking for someone to write for his SEO company, um, like an internet marketing gig. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved to write. So I was like, well, this is cool. Like I could be a freelancer and like, now I don't have to worry about getting fired from a big corporation again. And like, I can, you know, work from his apartment. Like, this is awesome. So I met him, worked with him for two years um and learned everything about entrepreneurship from him so it was like i was writing but i was also helping like operations sales marketing strategy so i just got like flooded with all this new information of like this world exists and no one in our family is really entrepreneur ahead of us so we were kind of like breaking that mold and i've never really knew what owning a business meant um so i fell in love with all that worked with him for two years and around that time was when I started to really miss my family back East. Uh, my sister was having kids. So I was kind of like the vacant uncle who was never around. And I was like, oh, I want to like hang out with my niece and nephew. Um, so I called my brother who was just graduating. My younger brother who was just graduating college at that time. And I was like, Hey, if I move home, you have any interest in starting an internet marketing company? And he was like, I guess he's like, if you think we can do it. And I'm like, I kind of think we can do it. Like I learned a lot while I was out here so he was like yeah that way i don't have to find a job so i moved back home <laughs> we started a company in 2010 and we've been rocking and rolling with that since then
0: wow. dang dude what uh what yeah. was what was like um uh, the idea behind starting it just like knowing that your brother could help you out with it and you knew you could run it and then did it turn into just internet marketing or did you get better at the seo stuff or yeah tell so, me a little yeah. bit more
2: about that yeah so when I, when we started the company in 2010, all we did was SEO. Yeah. So it was like literally like the, like the coding to get a website to show up on Google when someone searches in a product or yeah. service, um, search engine that.
0: optimization. That's
2: what it is, right? Yep. Okay. You got yeah. it. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we did that for two years <laughs> and we kept running into brick walls because we would get our clients websites on the first page of Google, but their website sucked. So like yeah. these clients were coming back to us and they're like, well, we're spending a thousand dollars a month and we're not getting any business. And I'm like, well, all my reports are saying like, you're where you need to be. And Google analytics is showing you're getting all the traffic you need to get. So there's a disconnect, like, and that disconnect is your, and I would say website, nicer, but like yeah. your website sucks. Like you're not converting any leads on your website. So we were pawning that business out to other agencies that could make updates to the website to increase conversions. Nice. Um, And we just kind of after like doing that for six months i was like you know what's probably not the best business model because that new company could poach that business and be like hey we do everything come to us right um plus we were just leaving money on the table because that was stuff that we could be doing for people we just had to find the resources and the talent to do so right Um, so right around 2012-13 we decided to be more of like an all-inclusive internet marketing agency so we went from just seo to seo website design development social media reputation management um email marketing paid ads pretty much everything that digital marketing encompasses we now do nice dude that
0: stuff is uh that's some complicated stuff bro (laughs) all that all that stuff yeah
2: and it's
1: constantly changing like you could be top of the game and then google makes a few little tweaks and exceptions and rules and then all of a sudden you're like all your knowledge is like gone yep and you got to constantly be aware of their little inadvertent changes they don't want you to succeed they want everybody to do pay-per-click so no, it's I'm a saying. tough yep, gig
2: they, yep they want to pocket uh line their pockets with the pay-per-click stuff for sure 100 percent. yep
1: yep
0: yeah that's kind of a big um you know the treatment center world you know is definitely all Hardest. all in that stuff you know where Hardest. it's, yeah, it's, I it's that. yeah we're real connected to that part of the world you know
1: I think it's a top 10 in most uh, budget or money spent for the pay-per-click advertising. It's that competitive in the rehab world, which is uh, tough for little guys because you're competing against like these big uh, publicly owned companies. So it's the giants. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's like, I mean, dude, you could go to Google and type in, you know, I'm sure you could type in. uh, Rehabs in Pennsylvania and just watch what comes up They'll, and especially None you, of which are in Pennsylvania. Yeah, none of them will be in, they'll all be these call centers And then if you get to their website, they'll try to fool you there, too And it'll just be SEO'd out the ass all the yeah. buzzwords, you know And it's, just, it's sad, you know, because doctors don't do that when you when you yeah. want real help, you know, there's not like these SEO uh, Physicians on Google, you know, like,
2: yeah you want people like right down the street that can actually help you. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah. Right. And so yep. it's, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing, dude. Yeah. It's, it's people funny aren't getting the up. help
1: they need or want. They're getting a whole lot of other.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 It's like a weird thing to pull the hood over your eyes on, on somebody with like a uh, drug addiction, yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: I say something that serious. It's like, can we just have good intentions here? Like this should be like right. a good intention business. not like, what can we get away with now? Like yeah. that's yeah. the way we yeah. want to do yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like the marketing for rehab should be like, dude, we'll help you. i like, that should yeah. be it. That should be the only marketing exactly. you need. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we have a rehab. We're not just uh, you know a referral yeah. base that's going to funnel you over here or there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If only the world worked the way it should with everything, right? Wouldn't that be nice? It yeah. would. Yeah.
1: It would. It, it would but, be. But in the meantime, we just got to, you know, figure out how to play the game and, and kick yep. ass in that. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah.
2: So-
0: at what point did you become a crazy ultra distance runner? Where does this fall <laughs> into the the mix, my friend? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I came home from California the last the final time and took a year off from like I, in California I was dating someone for 8 years, came back without them because I just like I didn't really think that was my, my future. And I, it was difficult to say goodbye, but I thought it was the best thing for me. Yeah, Is that part of the reason why
1: you went home? You're like, I got to escape this relationship. Yeah,
2: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, and not in any toxic ways or anything. Like I'm still good, good friends with her. She's an awesome human being, but it was kind of just like, I, and her friend, like her friend and circle was my friend and circle out there. Like I'm not a social person. So I didn't go out there and like meet new people and become like, you know, connected to a whole ton of people. It's kind of like, she became my world and her friends and family became my world too so it's kind of like if i'm going to end this relationship like it's going to be weird to stay here and i'm going to be super alone and like this just isn't for me so it was that plus missing family and all the above so when i came home i was like okay i'm gonna take a year off and like not date and just kind of like put my head down and get my footing in life again because i was i wasn't into the hard hard drugs back then and when i was in california but i was still smoking weed all day every day like it was still kind of just like a confusing space for me. So I did that for about a year. I think I lasted like nine months and I reached out to my sister and I was like, do you have any friends or like friends of friends who are like in the dating scene? Like I was like, I think I want to meet somebody. So she reached out to our family friend who we grew up with and she was like, oh yeah. Like one of the girls I work with, who's a teacher, like, you know, she's younger, she's super cool. I think she's looking to date. Like, I'll introduce your brother to her if she wants. I was like, yeah, sure. So That's a good sister, man. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out. My sister never did that
0: for me, (laughs) ever. I know. It was the other way around. She started dating my best friends.
2: (laughs) Just stealing my friends. Just to mess with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so we went on a blind. We texted, like, a couple days, (laughs) went on a blind date, hit it off. I told her everything about my past and everything on the first date, like, because I'm just like, here it is, like, all or nothing. Like, I don't want to like you said, like wink them. And like, you know, six months later, she finds it all out. And she's like, why did I start liking this guy? Cause he's like, he has all this history and baggage. So I'm just like, here it is. Like love it or leave it. Yeah, Luckily yeah. she loved it enough to keep seeing me and give me a chance. Um, so she pretty much like, I think it was our third or fourth or fifth date found out through me telling her, cause I thought kind of it was understood that I can, I was still smoking weed and she was like, well, it's either me or weed. Like you can't have both because I'm a teacher. I can't have it around me. Like you're not going to ruin my career, like make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made it like right away. I knew what my choice was going to be and, and what it was. So I called my cousin on the way home and I was like, Hey, I've got a small bag of weed. If you want it, it's yours. I'm done with it. Like, I don't want it. She was like, sure, I'll take it. So I went home gave her that bag of weed. Um, so anyway, to the ultra stuff. So I, I gave everything up and I was like, okay. And I I have an, I always say I have an addictive personality. So I, I needed something to replace that with. Um, so my brother-in-law invited me to do a Tough mutter with him, which was like eight miles mm. and some obstacles. Yeah. I did that. It broke me down physically, but I loved it. Then I did a couple Spartan races. Those mm. broke me down even more, but I loved it. Um, and I kind of started to form an identity in fitness and like getting stronger and like pushing myself physically to see what I was capable of. So it went from like you know 5Ks to half marathons to, you know, 15 mile Spartan races, and I learned that there's 32 mile races with Spartan with 60 obstacles. So I was like, wow. hell yeah, let's do that. So wow! How long? How long
1: would that take? Just
2: uh, the very first one I did was I think I finished it like just under 10 and a half hours. 10
1: and a half hours. Wow.
2: Yeah. So it was, it was an all day thing. I think it was start at six and like by four, four thirty, I was finally climbing off the mountain and like now are those a uh,
1: partner or group or is that solo
2: yeah so tough mutter is you need kind of a group to get done like there's certain obstacles where you have to have other yeah. people hoist you and help you yeah. um spartan is much more individual you can definitely do all the obstacles by yourself um i used to run some of them with my brother-in-law so we would like you know run side by side but you do all the obstacles by yourself but yeah cause that was more of an individual thing yeah that's a long and then that led to like,
1: journey would you eat throughout that drink hydrate you or? should. yeah
2: <laughs> you should all lessons that i've learned so the first one that i ever did the the first ultra i ever did was the spartan ultras in vernon new jersey it was on a mountain um i think it was in april so it wasn't freezing cold and it wasn't super hot so i was like i'm good like i'm not sweating a whole lot like so i they have like aid stations every three to five miles so i would drink like a little cup of water at each aid station And I felt, I thought I felt fine. And I, I'd finished in a decent time. And then I remember packing up, getting in the car and drive, starting my drive home. It was a three hour drive and like 30, 45 minutes. I was like, I'm going to stop and like grab a bite to eat at like a gas station. So I went in and I peed and it looked like orange Gatorade. Like I was so dehydrated. And I didn't even know what that meant at that time. Cause I'd never experienced it before. So I'm like, this is weird. Like, what is that? Yeah. And I went home and like, still say, I was chugging water, still the same thing, pretty much for the rest of the night. My sister-in-law who's like a registered nurse and like in the medical space, she was like, Oh, your kidneys were like a little bit of like pretty close to shutting down. She was like, if you're peeing out like sludge, like you're on the verge of like shutting some stuff down and I'm like, okay. So then I learned how to hydrate properly, fuel properly. I think Not it's pretty,
1: interesting how you didn't feel like the negative effects of something yeah. like that happening. You're just like, Oh wow. Weird pee. Okay. yeah. drink some more water half hours. I'm good.
2: Yeah. Like get a Gatorade when I get to the convenience yeah. store. Yeah. It was, it was pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. So since then, now, whenever I do these things, my wife is like, you better hydrate. You need to hydrate. And I'm like, I know it's fully aware. Like I will hydrate properly because I don't want my kidney shutting down. So,
0: Oh man, dude, that's awesome. The, um, uh... So that's kind of how you got into that space, huh? Like just, like you know, needed have all something this, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like a cool arena to challenge yourself. You know, it's like yeah, especially with you said having kind of like competitive sports background in high school. There's that weird space as I mean, mm-hmm. I can speak for myself personally, but you know, like you get older and you're not less competitive. You know, like you're not yeah. Yeah. less. You, 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 you want to be doing those things. You just can't because now you have to do life. Exactly. Right? Like if I could still play baseball and basketball and skateboard all the time, I, I still would, you know? Yeah, yeah but it's also yep. not
1: laid out for you like it right. is in high school. You know, like, oh, here's my options. Great. Like once you're yeah. an adult, you have to, like, create that for yourself. And uh, that's yeah. that can be, that can be a, a task in itself if it's not yep. just laid yep. out in front of you.
0: Yeah. So, it's cool that you found that. I kind of found that through, uh, like, CrossFit, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Awesome. Yeah, when I got sober, I was skateboarding a lot, but I can't okay. really discern if it was because I didn't have a car or I was just, like, falling back in love with skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. Then I started going to the gym, and I couldn't skateboard after leg day. Like, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever tried to skateboard after, like, heavy squats. It doesn't work. Your legs yeah. don't work. You can't You can't do anything. Yeah. And so, I was, kind of, like, a year and a half sober, like, do I want to be in shape or don't want to skateboard. Cause I definitely can't do both. Yeah. And, uh, been working out ever since, you know?
2: <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. That's such, it's such an outlet for me. Like I know there's health benefits to rest days and like taking it easy. And that that's also why I, like any people are like, so when I say this, they're like, sound like you're addicted to fitness. And I'm like,
3: I, I man, am. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause there, there's days where I'm like, I know I need to like take a day off cause I'm doing two workouts a day, five, six, seven days a week sometimes. And like, you hear all the stuff it's like let your body rest that's when muscle rebuilds and i'm like okay it makes perfect sense to me but then sunday rolls around and i'm like I just i'm so go bored yeah. so like i just want to run three miles like is that a big deal like so i i get it
0: oh yeah yesterday i forced myself to take a day off i was like oh shit, my hips kind of hurt and i was like thinking about it i'm like oh that's probably because i've worked out 10 days in a row and i'm like <laughs> yep. Yeah. that makes sense yeah my knee both yeah. my knees hurt my hips hurt and my shoulders hurt i'm like yeah, okay well I'll take a yeah. day off.
2: <laughs> I'll give myself 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 24 hours. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, so we get into the ultra running, and then so where are you at now with that? Like, did it lead it to anything further for you, or are you just kind of recre- recreationally do, like, these Spartan races, or Where's that kind of yeah, at now for you? It's
2: pretty much recreation. Um, all the like the Spartans and even Savage races and even like some of the ultra race, like there's competitive waves and like there's serious competitors out there. I've never had a desire to do that. Yeah, I run in what's considered like the open waves, which is like the ordinary Joes, which, you know, and to your point about like you never lose that competitive edge when you run in certain waves with Spartan races, like they'll, they'll chip time you. So at the end, like there's results posted yeah. and I'm always like, am I top 3%, top 4%, 5 like where am I on the list? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm competitive in that way, but I also know that like the guys that, and girls too, like that would kick my ass, that train <laughs> all day, every day for this stuff, Yeah. like they're finished, the one I took 10 and a half hours, they're finishing like six and a half. Like yeah, they're freaking right. gazelles out there that are just like floating in air. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah um so yeah i've no like i've never had a desire from that in that regards to like be competitive just more of myself and like what can i personally do and how far can i push and i'm always just which i say to everybody like for me the fun and the this thrill is getting to the start line and getting to the finish line and i don't care really how long it takes me or like how much it hurts like i just want to be able to feel that sense of pride that i started it and 10 and a half hours later or whatever 13 hours later i got to that finish line and i didn't quit so For me right now, um, I did, a. my dad passed away last August and he was 67. And like two days later I was in the garage working out and I've attempted, so I've done a couple of 50 mile races, I think three 50 miles. That's the farthest distance I've ever gone. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, he was 67 when he passed. I was like, I'm going to run 67 miles. So I went in after my workout and we have a, in my neighborhood, there's a, 0.45 mile loop that goes around. So I went in and I was like, Helen, I was like, to my wife, I was like, do we have any plans on Saturday? She was like, why? What do you want to do? And I'm like, (laughs) well, I was like, I had this idea when I was just lifting. she's like, what is it? I was like, I think I'm going to run 67 miles in two days on Saturday. She was like, where? I was like, just around our neighborhoods, you know, like just looping it over and over and over again. She's like, 67 miles I was like yeah like it's gonna probably take I'm like doing the math I'm like it's probably gonna be about 14 to 16 hours like it's gonna be all day and like it's gonna be super boring because it's a circle over and over and over so I'm gonna have to do the circle like 150 something times like it's gonna suck but like I feel like I want to honor him that way yeah um, Yeah. so we and I ended up inviting like friends and family and the new local news came out and did like a feel good story on us which now is like videotaped and like forever part of like the legacy that he left which I love Dude, that's um, awesome. That's anyway, awesome. I, I just can't imagine miles. I would be
1: so bored like doing that it, same yeah. loop over. I would I there's no way in a million years I would do that.
2: <laughs> it was. Yeah. So I did 62 miles and I my body was just like I've had enough and I was oh. like I can't not get 67 miles. And so I rode my bike the last 5 miles just to like make sure I hit 67 but yeah. so that like that's where I'm at with all these things is like I just and I don't know if you've ever read uh, David Goggin's book, Can't Hurt Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks yeah. he talks about the cookie jar and like yeah. your cookies in the cookie jar. So one of my goals for 2022 is every single month is to do something physically challenging that I feel is worthy of a cookie in my cookie jar. So in January, I decided to run a marathon around my neighborhood. So that was like 55 laps over and over and again. And it was six degrees out and it was awful, like oh, really man. bad and I had I had no friends and family joined for that. So it was just me. <laughs> and I would like, you know, my friends are like, well, listen to music or podcast." I was like, no, part of the, like the suffering that I want to go through is like my mind monotony of just like my mind and like staying on point. So I not like was not tuned into anything. And just that took five hours flat is when I finished it. And so that's where that all is right now. Like I don't have, there's a 50 K coming up the end of March that I'm thinking about signing up for with my wife, you know, being pregnant with twins, like, she's not super far along right now, but I also don't want to like drive, you know, three hours and then spend the night somewhere just in like be away from the two girls and her that long. So in 2022, I said, to her, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do any like legit races, like where I'm traveling to places because of the situation. And then a couple of weeks ago, I sent her a link and I was like, you care if I do this 50 K? She was like, well, like your abstinence from ultra races lasted longer than I thought it was. And she was like, if it's an hour away, go for it. And, you know, I'll be home in like six hours. So I might do that, but, Those, like 100K is kind of the next thing I want to try to accomplish, which I think is like 62 miles, Yeah. um, right in that phrase. But then I follow people that are like doing, I know a guy who's doing a 36 hour race with a 20 pound vest one. And I'm like, so I see all these other things that like these other extreme, what I can, like people consider what I do extreme, I consider what they're doing extreme. And I'm like, can I do something like that?
1: What about, uh, I know next month they're doing the four by four by four, speaking of Goggins. Are you gonna do that? I
2: did that the first year he put that out there, I guess it was 2020 or 19, whatever it was. Um, I, at the time that was by far the most physically challenging thing I'd ever done. I went out for the last four miles and I like, I, I like took a few steps. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start jogging. And it felt like both my Achilles were just gonna like snap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't think I should run this. So I walked those last four miles because I just like, every time I tried to pick up the pace, it I was hurt. like, no, like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna fall apart. Or I'm gonna snap something. Like, I don't want to do that. So. I don't know. I'm debating between the 50K and early March or the 4x4x48 the end of March. So we'll see. Or yeah, both. But
0: yeah, you got to pick one. Debating. I don't know if you want to do both.
2: <laughs> I know. And my wife certainly doesn't want me to do both, so I'll have to figure out.
0: So where do you think – I mean, uh, the book, David Goggins' book, dude, so awesome. Those yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably one of the only books I have since maybe like Harry Potter, dude, when I was like a younger kid <laughs> – that I picked up and just could not put down, you know, I think I finished yeah. in two days, yeah. you know, like I was staying up till three in the morning because I just literally like could not put the book down. What a great yeah. book. Mm-hmm. So for you, I mean, what is like what is your reasoning to, to add into the cookie jar? Is there any like like what are you trying to conquer, or overcome or is it just a, he- a healthy thing that you feel like you should be doing?
2: Yeah, I think it's more of the latter there. I, I just need like, there's, I have a need inside me to push myself yeah. and just continue to feel like I'm pushing myself like complacency and routine and monotony. Like it just, like, it, I get all like, ugh, like, I don't want to live like that. Like yeah. I got to see what I'm capable of. Um, I, if, you know, if I dig deeper and like really, and I haven't even really thought of this before, but now you ask the question, like, I feel like probably growing up and having been gifted with athletic ability and kind of squandering that Mm -hmm. um, and never realizing its full potential is probably something that like eats away at me a little bit more than I've ever been aware of or really acknowledged. And now as an adult, it's kind of like, because I, you know, and this isn't like meant to sound arrogant, but like, I probably if I would have focused and really giving myself the basketball, I probably could have played like D two or like D three or who knows, like, cause I had, I had talent. I was like raw talent. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of squandered it. So probably there's part of that. That's like, I let that slip through my fingers at a young age and yeah. I kind of let like opportunity pass and I don't want that to happen again. And now, you know, I'm not trying to win prizes and trophies and stuff, but like, I want to have that sense of accomplishment now in my adulthood that I let kind of slip right through my fingers growing up.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Yeah, I was more just curious, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, like with the cookie jar thing, right? It's like you use it for something, you know, like Uh it's not like, uh, I mean, I guess the reward can be doing like the hard task, you know, but it's more so to like prove that we can do the next one, you know, Um, or like get through the hard times type of deal. Yeah and so i was just kind of curious it's like it's it's interesting to see with like different people what they use it for you know but most yeah. of it just comes down right to like suffering of being a human being you know you're like born yeah. as a human and yep. you're just going to suffer from yeah. being put on planet earth there's going to be some pain <laughs> yeah. along and the if way I can, you know? like,
2: Yeah, if i can force myself to understand what that feels like and to force myself to push through it by choice then when stuff happens to me that's not my choice I'm well equipped to handle that just the same as if i put myself through it you know on a personal level so yeah yeah i 100
1: really agree point. with that like that's where i have found myself is I, I don't know if you've read the comfort crisis by michael easter i've not but uh super great but it's about that like as society we've sort of been molded into just sort of being soft and comfortable yeah. and how that's made us all very sick and so it's sort of intentionally putting ourselves into uncomfortable awkward, difficult situations, so that we're better prepared when life does hit us with hard stuff, which it will. It always does. Um, But then you're you can adapt easier because you're already exposing yourself to that sort of thing like these races, like the four by four, like all the stuff we do, you know, cold plunges and 75 hard and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah.
2: I love it all.
0: Have you ever seen the clip where uh, Joe Rogan's, like, reading his text that he got from David Goggins on his birthday? No. Dude, it's the funniest clip. It's (laughs) Joe Rogan reading this novel that he got from David Goggins on Joe Rogan's birthday. I can't really, like, go over it here on the microphone because it's, like, so vulgar. It's so David
1: Goggins. (laughs) But he
0: reads it in, like, David Goggins' voice. Yeah. And it's just, dude, it's the funniest thing. Especially if you have like, you know, this affinity for David Goggins, dude. It's one of the funniest. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's so funny. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, just like I gotta check it
3: out.
0: Yeah, just like what, you know, like what David Goggins would say to you on your birthday. Yeah. Like, I'll give you a a preview. (laughs) He was like, like basically, do something today to not be a little bitch joe like that was like
3: that
2: was the the core essence of it all yeah that was
0: the essence yeah it was so funny that sounds
2: like something he would say oh yeah (laughs) yeah dude it's so funny oh yeah
0: oh my god well yeah so i mean i guess another question that came up for me too matt and then maybe we can get into the book and stuff like that is since kind of putting the drugs and alcohol down in college has have you seen it become like an issue or try to show back up in your life? Has it been uh, difficult at all? Maybe at times? Uh, How's that kind of been?
2: Not really. And I I feel so blessed to be able to answer it this way, but not really like in college, I, when I was, I was pretty addicted to oxycotton. Like that was one yeah. of my big go-tos in college. I was selling a lot of weed and making a lot of money and buying a lot of oxycotton. That was my yeah. cycle. Yeah. Um, and then at one point I decided to stop doing that. And I, that's the one time in my life I went through withdrawal. Like I remember like getting super sick. I remember walking up the steps to our dorm room and having to sit down because I was spinning. Mm-hmm. I remember colds. like it was a bad time. Um, But I, I've been fortunate enough, even through that, like really, really challenging situation to just see myself through it. Like I've never had to go to a rehab and in high school, my mom did have me go to therapy a couple of times and I smooth talked my way through that and knew what she wanted to hear. So like I played that game with her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then cigarettes too. Like I just decided at one point, like I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. So I just like didn't smoke cigarettes. Weed. I've just been able to be like, I just don't want to smoke anymore. I'm done. Um, and I know that's not the case for so many people. So I feel like that's just been such a blessing that like, yeah. when I make a decision, I'm, and if I want to really make that decision for myself and my own personal reasons, I can stick to it. Um, but that's why I don't touch anything. Like you know, even alcohol, I probably drink. Cause even when I say I was doing drugs, like I was drinking a ton of alcohol too. And like, that was part of my problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I probably drank once a year, twice a year. Yeah. And it's like at. Christmas and like my father in law has like a new whiskey that he got. He's like, you want to sip on a whiskey and like I don't really want to, but I'm like, yeah, hey, I'll be social with you guys yeah, and like yeah, sip yeah. a whiskey. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it could it show up probably if I my friend circle is so small right now. Like I just it's me, it's my family, and it's like a small handful of people that I see occasionally. That some of them I grew up with, but I see them so infrequently um i just don't put myself in situations where i have to make that choice yeah and now i feel i'm in a position where i'm strong enough that let's say i go to my friend's house and a couple friends from high school show up and they're passing a joint around like i'm pretty confident that i could be like no thank you like it's just not who i am anymore um
1: but i don't like say like sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but like a lot of that also has to do with your new quote unquote hobby with ultra marathon running and that sort of stuff because it's just not conducive to smoking smoking weed drinking like none of that like you wouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff probably in my opinion or at least not as good as you are able to do it if you still had any of those vices
2: yep and that's just the whole identity thing like you know for a long time it was my identity to do all that and then i decided not me anymore and now my new identity is like I want to be able to run long distances i want to be a family guy you know i want to be a business owner i want to be a fitness enthusiast and that's it and like this other stuff doesn't vibe with that so i'm not even going to let that i'm not even going to open that door for that to negatively impact the identity that i've created for myself at this point
0: dude that's awesome it's it's kind of funny the lat we were we did a podcast earlier too and that same thing kind of came up is like the root of most change is just like the identity thing you know it's it's easy to change or do something when it's who you are now you know and, yep. and but becoming somebody new or changing your identity is a little a little cloudy right it's not really cut and dry yeah. for everyone there's no uh, like one two three step on how to like just yeah. change your identity you know Yeah, right um, yeah. but once it does change I mean man it's cut and dry it's super easy not yeah. to drink or smoke for me because I'm sober yeah. that's who I am I'm someone that doesn't yep. use drugs and alcohol And so that's kind of what kicks in every time there's situations where drinking or using drugs sounds favorable. It's like, well, it doesn't matter because that's not who I am. And that's easy to make decisions based off identity.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it also is like what we both all touched on is who you surround yourself with. You know, are you – Being sober, but still going into these environments where everybody around you is getting high. Well, no, because if you're sober, that's not an environment and those aren't people you want to be around. So you tend to start either your circle gets smaller because it's you're so busy and that just is what it is. But you also want to Mm -hmm. be around like minded individuals instead of trying to be that person that feels awkward in a group of people that aren't like them.
3: Yep.
0: So Matthew or Matt. Sorry. Uh, You're uh, you're not in trouble, dude.
1: Damn, I got this far along
2: without getting in trouble. <laughs> you got,
0: well, hey, I guess it's this is uh, a good reason to say your full name is probably because <laughs> it's in your book as oh, probably yeah. Matthew Rhoda. You know, so I enough. want people to be able to find it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: yep. Good one, Dal. That was good. Right? a yeah, good, that was good one. catch. Good save. Good, good save. Good save. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> man. Dude,
0: I've been manipulating for years. You know, I'm good. This shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> pro. I'm a pro. <laughs> right.
0: Smooth talker, dude. <laughs> um, yep. So how did the idea of wanting to write a book come up? Where did the inspiration come from to write a book? Like, as someone that's never wrote a book before, I, I've never been like, holy shit, I'm going to write a book. You know, like, I, it's just yeah, it hasn't come up in my life. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But yeah. how did that present with with you in your life? And maybe let's just kind of dive into that some, yeah. a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I've, for as long as I can remember, like, going back to grade school, I've loved to write. It's just the, like, It's a way for me to express myself. Like, you know, I, again, like I said, I'm not like a super social person who can go, I hate networking events because I absolutely (laughs) despise going into a group of people and inserting myself into a conversation and trying to pick up where they're at. Like, it's just, I'm not good at that. It's hard. Um, So the written word for me is like, it's just, I'm comfortable in my own space. Like it's where things flow freely from me. Um, so I've always had like a knack for writing. Um, I've always believed that like on some level to some people, I want to be a leader. So I feel like you know, like getting my message out as much as I can is something I want to do. Um, and just the whole like that book that I wrote was such a stars aligning thing. I got to become friends with a guy, I think just through social media, who has like kind of like a ghostwriter and helps people write books. Yeah. And he was trying to start that business a little bit more. And I was like, kind of like with the dean of students like i'm like hey if you work with me and kind of do it for free like i'll write a great book with you and you can use me as a case study and like nice. i don't have money to pay you for it, but like if you want to like mentor me like i really have an urge to do something like this so sat on the couch and like it like it was just flying out like words and thoughts were flying out of me onto paper and it was i was amazed like by my at myself by myself because i was like i can't believe i'm writing like this like i've never I like to write but like i never wrote you know a thousand words at a time Mm -hmm. multiple times per day multiple days per week and it was just flowing out of me so i just did that um sent it to him he like had his proofreader editor go through it he had a guy that would publish like kind of print the self-published books and we just kind of did the whole process um i did a kickstarter campaign my goal was to raise i think three thousand dollars which would allow me to buy i think 250 copies of the book Cause again, I just didn't have like money. Like I was working minimum wage. I had $60,000 in credit card debt from living in San Diego and yeah. doing everything I shouldn't be doing. And I raised, I think 3,600 bucks. And it was literally me going on like my friends list on Facebook and sending a message like, here's a link to my Kickstarter. If you could buy a book, I'd really appreciate it. And you know, enough people bought the book where I was able to get reach the goal. And then I bought 250 copies. Um, so yeah, mean, there's a box over there that I'm looking at right now it has like 3 or 4 left in it cuz like I was so excited about it for this like that push and I did it and I sent those 250 books out and then it just kind of became like a oh yeah, I wrote a book like yeah, you know, and not to diminish self-publishing but like, you know, I read books daily and like you can like you can feel like a book that's like it feels like a real book yeah, and yeah like yeah. a real person wrote it and then you get like self-published ones and you're like okay kind of flimsy like yeah sure and that's how i've like kind of always put my book in that kind of like yeah sure like i wrote a book like yay but like no one's no no publisher approached me i was like we want to publish this for you so it yeah. never felt like a real thing for me uh, but then recently i had a couple people that i shared something on social media and they're like you wrote a book send me a copy and i'm like oh like, I guess it's kind of cool that I wrote a book, like, sure, I'll send you a copy. So it's something that I want to add to because I did eight Goliaths and eight heroes inside the eight Davids and heroes inside the book. And now over the last probably almost 10 years ago that I did that, I've learned much more. So I feel like I could add to it and kind of like tweak some stuff and make it better and have it proofread again. So it's something that it's on my calendar of things to do. And I just don't get to it or I just ignore it. I keep pushing it back but it's something I want to revive because I feel like it could have an impact and help some people out there, which is the ultimate goal of it.
0: Wow. No, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, what it reminds me of my sister when she graduated college was kind of like, ah, it was no big deal. Like everyone, everyone she was with was graduating college. So it seemed like no big Mm -hmm. deal. And I was like, dude, to stay committed and do something that large is like such a win. It's like, uh, yeah, it's uh commendable, you know, and at that time I had like two years sober and I was like, the only thing I've ever done for two years is just not use drugs. So you got straight A's for four years in college. That is amazing yeah. to me, you know, cause yeah. I was just a very much start and stop type of person. So I think it's cool to, you know, like you were saying, be, you were kind of very humble about writing a book, you know, but to be able to put something on paper and publish it and, and just be that organized with your thoughts is, is something that most people don't have that skill to do. You know, I appreciate it. I remember yeah. being in school and I'd write papers and I'd switch from like first person to third person to, mm. I don't even know if second mm-hmm. person exists, but I'd yeah. do it. And they'd be like, "Dude, yeah. yeah, the story's great, but like you're telling it in like four different ways. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, kind of makes sense yeah i'll just stop writing now forever because uh yeah you know that's how i took a at writing
2: yeah
1: yeah. yeah well and for me i i just hate going over anything more than once or twice mm-hmm. so like i just want to brain dump and then i'm like good i want yeah. to walk away from it i don't want to let now now let me rearrange that now can i put it this way and yep. how can i stay in one voice and what's the proper way i i have no patience for any of that stuff so yeah, yeah really yeah good for you yeah
2: thank you i appreciate it yeah
0: And so now you're a family man. You got two kids, but soon to be four.
2: Yeah. I got a almost four year old daughter who will turn four in May. I've got a one year old who will turn two in March, Mm -hmm. another daughter, Caroline and Amelia. And then we are expecting twins in, Pretty much the end of June. We're she's due July fourteenth, but they won't let her go that long because twins like thirty-eight weeks is like the cutoff. So oh, sure. yeah, okay. we're expecting those little that little boy and that little girl to enter the world probably mid to end of June. So
1: how yeah. crazy! You're literally doubling up on your kids in in like, I know. one moment.
2: Yep. Yeah, Buy one get one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what like. So I'm one of four. She's one of four. She's actually she has four girls on her side, so she's one of four daughters.
1: Oh wow.
2: Um, I'm two and two. So, when we got married, we were like, yeah, we want kids. And then we had one, we are like, that was awesome. Let's have another one. Had another one, we are like, that's awesome. Maybe a third. And they were like, we were debating it. We were like, yeah, let's have a third. Like, that's awesome. We're one of four, maybe four. And like, let's just do three first and then figure it out. And then when it was all the they were like, oh, you're having three and four. And we were like, decision made. Like, now we don't even have to decide. Like, let's do this. Dude, so. I feel
1: like you have to do the four by four by four with Goggin. Like, this is a no brainer. There's way all too right. many fours happening yeah. in your one, life yeah. for you not to do that one as well. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to
2: record that and take it to my <laughs> wife after this. And be like, it's sold. Yeah, I
1: got to do it, man. It's just, State it is, has, it's State a State theme right stolen.
2: now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, as we're kind of winding down a little bit, like, what has been, like, the takeaways in your life from kind of some of these more, like, regimented, like, disciplined, do the work type of. Um, Like personas, not even personas, but just mindset, like what what have you taken away from kind of some of that thinking that we've been kind of referring back and forth to a little bit?
2: Yeah. So the one story, and I, I give credit, all the credit to my dad that I share this message often. And he, he taught me this growing up. We would go to a doc. He, he worked with doctors. We would go to those doctors' houses and pick weeds and like landscape on the weekends for some extra cash. Nice. And I would, I'd would be yanking weeds out super fast. And he would, he stopped me one time. He was like, you're not really doing it right. And I'm like, do you see any weeds? He was like, no, but are you getting the roots out? And I was like, no, but like, who cares? Like I'm going quicker than you. And he was like, well, you're going to have to come back next week and pick the same weeds because you're just like grabbing the tops off and not doing the job properly. Um, so his message was, and this helped me get multiple jobs, I think, cause I would share this story in interviews and I'm like, his message was like any job or anything that's worth doing is worth doing. Right. So mm-hmm. that has stuck with me all my life, whether it's, fitness, business, family, like what a finance is like, whatever it is, like anything that is worth doing is worth doing right. And paying attention to the details. Um, so that's kind of just like, you know, there's the slight edge book over there. Like I, that's one of my favorite books I've ever read because it's just like, if you're going to do something, do it to the best that you can. Don't do it just to say you did it. And like, I feel like that's, you know, with, you know, recovery from addiction or, running an ultra marathon or starting a business like if you're gonna do something do it like go for it and give yourself to it don't if because that you know and i there's plenty of times in high school where i was like i'm gonna quit smoking weed and i quit for like three days and then i'd smoke weed and then i was back in it again for six months or three years and i would quit smoking weed for a week and then i was back in it for two years and like i was never committed to stopping so Mm. when my wife gave me that ultimatum instantly, I was committed to stopping and and choosing something different. Um, So it's, you know, I've all my books over there, it's either mindset or business. And I just I'm such a firm believer of mindset that like, if you get your mind right, and you really pay attention to developing that strength inside, you can do anything on the outside that you want to do, but it all starts within so you got to you got to have that flick that gets switched, or you just got to have that fire that gets sparked or whatever it is and then once that happens you just got to keep cultivating it through getting your group of friends smaller finding a bigger group of friends but the right people or just cutting everybody out and going into your own tunnel and getting your stuff done or finding family whatever it is but you got to make that decision and then you got to go all in on it because if you're just playing safely chances are it won't last long enough for you to see the success at the end of the tunnel
1: awesome
0: yeah love that dude those are huge takeaways i mean i couldn't agree with you know like i couldn't agree with a lot of that stuff anymore you know and the the irony is i had that same conversation with my dad the exact same one with the weeds yeah the exact same one you know and he i think he took it as a chance to talk to me about shortcuts you know yeah or something like that but yep, i just was cracking i couldn't get over that i'm like dude i had that same conversation wow and then my stepdad would always say uh do an A plus job, and he'd get mad at us if it wasn't an A plus job. You know, yeah. Which I mean, obviously, same kind of thing, right? Anything and yep. worth doing is worth overdoing or doing correctly. And yeah. I love cool little sayings like that. You mm-hmm. know, I know. And they just stick with yep. you. And I
2: say it stuck with me forever and ever.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, we used to hate it when my stepdad would say that. Do an A plus job. And we're like, dude, <laughs> Bs are acceptable, man. You know? <laughs> exactly. Passing, what? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Better than an ad. Like I got, what the
2: heck? I got eighty percent of the weed out. Like, who cares about that last twenty percent? Like, right. leave me alone. Like, the <laughs> no. doctor's gonna come out and be like, "It looks great." You're like, yeah, give me my money. I'm done. Like, he was like, "No, it's not done properly." I'm like, "You're right. Damn it. You're always right."
0: I know. It's funny now that you know we're older or whatever, and like, I would look, like, I think about it now. I'm only, I'm almost thirty, and then I think about my parents who are sixty, and it's like, uh, imagine what I've experienced in my life just at thirty years. And then I yeah. double that and then think, like, why the hell did I ever doubt them? You know, like, I couldn't imagine yeah. what I'd know 30 more years from now. Yeah. Like, I'd be so upset if someone didn't listen to me when I'm 60, you know? But I guess that's what being a Yeah, get ready. Is. Get ready. Yeah. When you have kids, you're going to do all yeah. that.
1: <laughs> Man, I'm a, a wealth of knowledge. To yeah. me. Oh, yeah. I, know. I used to always say, like, I'd much rather, like, run and ceo these hundred employees than these two teenagers like they listen to me they don't what the heck doesn't matter what kind of clout you have in your personal and business life those kids yep. don't care
2: yep i'm preparing myself for that yeah
1: oh, you got a ways so you're good i know
2: yeah
0: <laughs> well hey hopefully it all works out man you know like uh it
2: will one way or another we will
0: yeah
1: it'll
2: all work out dude
1: yeah three, three <laughs> girls
2: yeah it's a lot of weddings. Like I gotta already balance my savings up. I'm like, oh, I gotta pay for three weddings in the future, like prom dresses, like ah oh, beauty products. <laughs> that's like, the easy so stuff. That's that
1: stuff money can I fix. Know. Just wait till you, yeah. you hit the emotional stuff that I mean, you are yeah, gonna exactly. be like, this is a foreign entity living in my <laughs> house right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. yeah, that's scary to think about.
0: So Matt, are you uh, pretty active on social media or anything? Like, if we wanted to, yeah. you know, send kind of our audience your way, is there a, a place they could find you or? talk yeah, shop facebook, or see the twins
2: yep. yeah facebook and instagram <laughs> and linkedin just matthew Roda, like the at matthew Roda, m-a-t-t-h-e-w-r-o-d-a yeah. um, i do have a website matthew if you go there today don't judge me i'm waiting for professional photographs to come in so yeah. i can update the photos on the site right yeah. now it's the same photo everywhere i was on a podcast yesterday and like or two days ago and like the they were scrolling my website on the side like, oh they shared it the scrolling like, it's all the same images yeah i was like please don't do that so at the end i was like that's going to get updated like that's not an oversight like that we updated but yeah you could find me there um
1: but the writing's not in latin right like no no it's okay legit good. All right yeah, good. yeah.
2: It, there's actually real content there okay, right. okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, reach out. Cause I, I love meeting people. I say I'm not social, but like in big environments, I'm not social, but I love talking to people. If I can help in any way, I love helping people. Um, you know, I don't know if I can provide inspiration that you can get through anything. If you put your mind to it, like you can come out stronger on the other side. But if I could give a you know glimmer of hope to anybody out there, I would absolutely love to do that. So feel yeah. free to reach out.
0: Love no, that. That's awesome, dude. Well, thank you for being here and being on the show and talking with us. It's been fun, man. And,
2: my sincere
0: pleasure. Yeah, of course, dude. This has been awesome, and uh, we'll we'll send some people your way, and uh, you know, hopefully they can, like you said, even if it's just one person grabbing a little bit of hope, just seeing someone do yep. something hard is inspiring. You know, it's like uh, yep. change is possible once you believe it. You know, so if Absolutely. you're the person that shows them you could change and be addicted to oxycontin in college and then run fifty miles, eight years, six, seven years later, or whatever, dude. Yep kick ass that's awesome that's all yeah, we need you totally.
1: know
2: i appreciate it
0: of course dude well this has been great man thank you for your time matt
1: yeah thanks for coming absolutely out. my
2: pleasure Yep, yeah, it was very nice meeting you both
0: all right guys that's our show for today we hope you found some value from listening and if you did please share with someone you know or love you can find us on social media we are at elevate addiction services
1: and if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org